You are listening to the Super Mamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 132. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 132. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering super mom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. How is everyone? Are you excited about back to school? Are you doing the back to school happy dance? I hope that you are. I know for me, I just love, I love a fresh start. And I also love the structure that the school year provides. I That's kind of what summer, I wish I was one of those moms that could just go with the flow and enjoy the lazy days of summer. And I, I love the idea of it. I just never seem to like the reality of it. So I'm kind of one of those people that I just like to structure my, even my relaxation time. I'm going to, if I'm on vacation, I'm going to sit on the porch and read my book at eight and I'm going to do yoga at nine and I'm going to go for a walk on the beach at 10. Like (laughs) I just do better with the schedule. So it's okay if you think I'm nuts. My family certainly does, but it's one of the things that life coaching is so good at it. There's all these personality profiles and you really get to know who you are and you stop apologizing for it and you just kind of accept it. Like, this is who I am and this is what works for me. And when you find out the parts of you that are just hardwired, it makes you not argue it or feel like you need to change it. So that's one of the lovely things about life coaching. So if you are thinking that now is the time for life coaching and you want to have a fresh start along with your kids, there's nothing like a new school year to get you motivated and focused on, okay, what do I want the results of my year to be? By the time the end of the school year rolls around, how do I want to be different? What is something I want to focus on? Do I want to be more relaxed? Do I want to be more organized? Do I want to be more productive? You know, like what is it that would make me feel better? Would I like to be less anxious and worried? Do I want to be able to connect with my kids more and be able to play with them more? What is it that you would love to have accomplished by the end of the school year. So let's not just focus completely on the kids. Let's think about those kids' mom. And what do your kids, what would they love for you? You know, kids are usually pretty good. They want, they like their mamas to be more relaxed and to be more playful. They want you to accomplish your goals of getting more exercise or making more friends. What is it that you want for you this year? If you want life coaching to be a part of helping you accomplish that goal, now is an excellent time. You can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash work with me, and we will get you a free discovery call and see if this is a good time. Or maybe you've already had a free call and you're like, oh, I didn't sign up last time, but maybe now it's a better time. You can go ahead and schedule another free discovery call. We'll just talk about where you are now compared to where you were and see if we can build some forward momentum for you. All right, we're going to get into today's question. So today's question was an email that I got from Teddy. And Teddy wrote, she says, from one mom to another, I'm out of answers. My seven-year-old was easy, but my four-year-old son, no. He's talking less this year than last year. He ignores me, the dog, and his older sister and would prefer to flick the lights on and off and use his iPad. He is intrigued by dinosaurs and whales. I watch him in his room twirling in a circle for no reason. He's very stubborn, and if I need to break his activity to do something else, he becomes so angry it frightens me. It's hard to find a babysitter because I do work and I need babysitters. (laughs) Help, she writes. Okay, 
Teddy. So this email I got while I was in Europe. I was with my sister, who's a speech therapist. And I was, you know, kind of said, all right, here's one for you, sis. (laughs) What would you do? So my sister works with kids She's a speech therapist, so she works with kids who have language delays. When she said that his he's got fewer words this year than last year, you know, his speech is kind of regressing. This is the, the perfect place for a speech therapist to intervene. And so I wrote to Teddy, and I, first of all, was very compassionate because if you read that letter, that you can really feel her desperation and kind of just fear and helplessness. And I just got this sense, and I don't know if this is true, Jay, but I just, I just wanted to support you so bad. I wanted to make you feel like you're not alone in this because that's what I've picked up just energetically from your email is I just, it felt like you were alone and you needed support. And so I responded with the intention to give her that say, Hey, if you want, you know, schedule a free coaching call that this is not something you have to do on your own. There's a lot of people out there that are ready to support you and for free. So if you read that email about the spinning, the flicking the lights, the obsession with the dinosaurs and the whales, the ignoring the sister, the speech regression, those are a lot of signs that the kid could be on the autistic spectrum. Now, That's a scary diagnosis for a mom who's just asking for help. So I didn't talk about that. But what they certainly would indicate is that she can get support that is paid for a lot of times, starting with speech therapy because of the language. And so they have a lot of these like language-heavy preschools that kids can go into that are with teachers and speech therapists. They're all designed around building up that communication and kind of pulling a child out of their inner world and into uh, the world of other people and the environment. So I mentioned this to her. I mentioned talking to the pediatrician, trying to get an evaluation from a developmental psychologist so that she could get qualifications. And not only are the benefits huge for the child with early intervention being really uh, key in helping a child develop this uh, speech and language that, that is beneficial, but it's also she would get to be around other moms with similar kids. And from what I gleaned from Teddy's note, like that could be therapeutic for her soul and just medicine for her her tired mama spirit. And so I thought hanging out with other moms and other teachers and other therapists to surround her and her kid with not just education and support, but just just kind of that uh, camaraderie that we need when we're dealing with a difficult child. I wanted her to kind of get a psychoeducational evaluation, to talk to the pediatrician, and find out what resources are available in her area so that to get them enrolled in a language-based preschool program. So this was the email that I emailed to her. I'm letting all of you know in case you're in a similar boat or you know somebody else whose four-year-old speech is regressing or they're, they've stopped talking, they've stopped de- increasing their language and they're pulling into their own little world or you're seeing other behaviors with the flicking of the lights and the spinning and obsession around certain, certain anything. Honestly, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just kind of this hyper-focus. So if you know anybody who's like that, I want you to tell them about this podcast and send them here. So I gave what I would call the parent educator answer. This is, if you asked me as a professional educator, what should I do in this situation? I would say first, support the mama. (laughs) Give her lots of love, encouragement, support, and resources. Second of all, get this evaluation done. So that's my advice. But (laughs) I have decided to include an interview with someone who disagrees with all my great advice. She has a very different take on it, and she does not suggest evaluations and language-based preschools and speech therapy. She actually thinks that it's much more powerful for a mom 
to step into the role or a parent or anyone who's really invested. She thinks it's much more powerful for a mom to step in the role of a language educator for the child and not to delegate this to others. And so this interview I have with Marcy Meldner, she has a YouTube channel called Waves of Communication And she teaches parents how to be the language facilitators for their kids through connecting. If you, she says, uh, reach before teach. If you can reach your kid, connect with them, really put yourself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from, that is the beginning of this beautiful ways to teach language development to your children. And she thinks that it surpasses what a speech therapist can do in a 30-minute-a-week session or, you know, kind of a three-day-a-week preschool program. So I say do them both <laughs> because the rewards are huge. So I hope you will enjoy this interview with Marcy Melsner. And To have both of these approaches, I think, is wonderful. You know, that we are not in a one-size-fits-all world. And what works well for one might not be the perfect for the other. So I wanted to give Teddy both avenues so that she can find out what works for her. So thank you for listening and enjoy. You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and I am here with a special guest today. I'm here with Marcy Meldner, and she is from wavesofcommunication.com, and she is here to help me answer a question because she specializes in something that I don't specialize in. So Marcy, welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself and talk about what you do? Thank you so much for having me, Tori. And I really appreciate you allowing me into your space to talk to these moms, these super moms who are working so hard, working super hard to facilitate their happy kids' lives. And yeah, I'm super happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah. So my platform, wavesofcommunication.com, was developed to help parents of kids who are not talking yet. And it doesn't matter why they're not talking yet. There are tools that parents can use at home every day while you're doing the other things that you're doing naturally to facilitate the spoken language that your child is missing. And so my platform provides videos and tools and things like that, where I help parents overcome the problems um, that they are experiencing because their kids aren't talking yet. All right. So I'm so glad you're here. And so I will read you the question that was written in to me to kind of help uh, this mom, this super mom. And so Teddy writes, from one mom to another, I'm out of answers. My seven-year-old was easy, but my four-year-old son, no. He's talking less this year than last year. He ignores me, the dog, and his older sister and would prefer to flick the lights on and off and use his iPad. He is intrigued by dinosaurs and whales. I watch him in his room twirling in a circle for no reason. He's very stubborn, and if I need to break his activity to do something else, he becomes so angry it frightens me. It's hard to find a babysitter. Help. So what do you have to say for our friend Teddy, our super mom, who is feeling, you could feel the frustration in her voice when she writes that, you know? And so she's got this four-year-old who talked more last year than he is this year. He's kind of losing interest in the family. Yeah. And more interest in the dinosaurs and things like that. Whales and the light. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now there's a couple things, obviously, we don't know a lot about this child, and uh, but it, there is enough information here to help Teddy. So the first thing, Teddy, is thanks for being brave enough to write this in, because this is a situation that I think is happening to a lot of parents, especially this year after we've had the past two years of inconsistencies in kids' lives. And so they are looking, if they have had inconsistencies in school, out of school, and maybe even this summer, you're starting to see an inconsistency. But when you see inconsistencies in the life, then kids will develop their own obsessions, consistencies, patterns of behavior to help them feel 
easy, happy, safe, and fun. Get them through the day. It helps them solve problems. It helps them feel better. Now, your little guy has chosen the study of dinosaurs and whales and the vision, the visual response he gets from lights moving and twirling around those feelings and all of those things your child is exploring deep into exploring, exploring, exploring. I remember Tori telling me she was just on my podcast about her daughter was learning to roller skate at the center. And she almost looked like she was struggling. She was fighting with the skates and pushing and pushing and Tori would misery for that an she was hour, having, just like grumpy and cranky. And right. And she was, it, she was all into that. And then when you went to go say, are you ready to go home? Are you, you know, is, have you had enough? And she's like, no, I haven't had enough. I'm in the middle of this. I'm working You're hard on this fun. <laughs> I'm having fun. Yes. <laughs> so that kind of situation is what's going on with this little guy. So he's already four years old by four years old. He knows what he loves. He knows what comforts him. He also knows what makes him frustrated and bored and annoyed at four years old. And he's going to avoid those things and be drawn like a magnet, especially a four-year-old boy to the things that he loves. And so he could be obsessed with whales and dinosaurs and know all like, could be able to say these five-syllable dinosaur names, but he's not using his speech to say, hey, mom, will you play dinosaurs with me, right? He's not using his speech to say, you know, did you hear about the T-Rex? Because potentially when this child tried to bring those things to other people, he didn't have the language and other people didn't really understand what he was doing. And so because he wasn't feeling understood by the people he brought his superpowers to, he wasn't understood by them. He retreated into his own self. And that's what all the kids will do. And then if if they can find a YouTube channel or something like that, that will talk about their obsession of fish or whales or dinosaurs or something like that, that YouTube creator can become that child's new best friend because they won't stop talking about dinosaurs or (laughs) whales or the things that the child loves. And if the people in this child's life don't even understand how obsessed they are, how much they love whales, just like you didn't understand how much your daughter was so dedicated to that roller skating job. She wanted to be there. These kids are brilliant, but they're keeping all the knowledge in their head because they don't really necessarily feel a safe space to release it. So what I would tell this mom is she's really feeling the frustration, like you said, of this little guy has taken his interest and away from me into his own self. And I need him to do things with our family. I want him to do things with our family. I want him to sit at the table and eat with us. I want him to ride in the car. I want him to come out of his world into our world. And again, that's this mom, like every mom wants that. You don't want your child to detach from you. They came out of you. You want them to be with you and love you. So you have to be attractive because this four-year-old is showing you what is attractive to him. The lights, the spinning, the dinosaurs, the whales, and You don't even understand at this point because like you say, I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. So my recommendation for you is figure it out. Get with him. In my book, I have this strategy called reach and teach because you can reach and teach at the same time. You don't have to wait till your child's already paying attention to teach them something new. They're learning all the time. They're paying attention all the time. And when you show them that you can respond to their love and their interest, guess what? They'll start bringing it to you more and more and more and more. So when you dive in and spin, go ahead and parallel play. With okay. This I was so gonna say, what would with- it look like if a mom was to reach and teach? Yeah, so spin alongside of them. Yeah, so reach and teach doesn't look like go in and start playing with their toys. It goes in and show them first of all that you're interested. 
ah, look what you're doing. Don't pressure them and ask them questions about it. Just say, look at that. That looks good. And share your own perspective. I love that the lights are on and off or, whoa, that's giving me a headache, right? Because your perspective, this is what you're mirroring to the child. You want them to bring their perspective to you. That's what you're missing as a mom. So you have to show them how that looks. Whoa, this is great. Or wow, that's overwhelming. Or it's super bright. Use a lot of language because you have language to model. This child is the whole reason that they're on their own communicating with their behaviors because they don't have the language to use for these things. They know what their things are called and they know how to get you to give it to them or go or stop or do that stuff. If they've got some basic speech, they might even be able to tell you, I want the big blue ball and not the little red ball, but they can't tell you why. They can't tell you why. And when you reach them to understand why they want that little ball, now you've got a whole bigger pile of language that you can model for them that they will pick up just like they pick up that ball. You say, oh, you want the big ball because you like how it sounds when it bounces on the driveway. And that boom, boom, boom noise is your favorite. All right, let's get the blue ball and have that boom, boom, boom noise. Now you've attracted your child to come to you because you won't stop talking about what they're thinking about, just like the guy on the dinosaur YouTube channel, right? Now you get to be this child's best friend because you talk about what they're thinking about. And then when it it comes to stuff you've got to do, like we've got to go, it's time for us to be at school and shoes have to be on and all of that stuff happens. Again, you have the opportunity as the parent to Equip that child with the why. Now, I know school is something you like to go, or I know the park is something you like to go, or I know you like to have clean teeth and the broccoli is all stuck in the back. Let's get the broccoli out of your teeth. I got you your favorite blue toothbrush, right? All that other stuff that we do, all the tools, they will be picked up by these kids when they understand why they need them how to use them, and how easy it is. All they got to do is pick up the toothbrush because you're standing right by them as a coach. And that's why I love that you invited me to your platform, Tori, because this is what you do for the people who follow you. When they ask you a question, you have to equip them. You know, you could take your child to someone else to facilitate these things that are missing. There are therapists all over, but Tor, you said it perfectly. When you act as a life coach for your child and you coach them to be independent for their communication, even for their problem solving, for all those things, and you're there with them, coaching them, then they'll pick them up. They'll pick up these strategies. Right. And so that's why I wanted your input, because I think a lot of people would, you know, kind of read this question of he's, you know, intrigued by dinosaurs and whales. He flicks the lights, he spins and twirls. And they would think, oh, he needs a diagnosis. He needs to see a therapist and get into a program, some intervention, which, you know, I'm not knocking it, that there's a lot of really good programs out there. And there's a lot of help, especially if you can get in there early. But it sounds like what that misses is a mom's ability to really tune in and connect with their kid, because that's what it sounds like this mom, Teddy is like struggling with, right? Like she's like, I want to feel a connection to him. So one is, you know, obviously the stubborn behavior, she called it, you know, he's very stubborn. And, um, he says, if I need to break the activity to do something else, he becomes so angry. When we see kids, you know, it's what's great about this question is that Teddy is able to see. She knows her child is stubborn. How does she know her child's stubborn? She has seen the behavior pattern over and over again. When she tries to interrupt his fun, she said it. When she tries to interrupt his fun, he resists. Gets angry, yeah. Mm -hmm. you You project, I 
want you to stop enjoying your life to accommodate me. And you're talking to a four-year-old child. I'm. It's not unusual for a four-year-old to resist. It's not unusual. Let's say it's not unusual to get that response. Who do I want to watch? Do I want to play with dinosaurs and whales? Or do I want to do my mom's idea? And this is why I always think about it. It's like, kids don't want to enter our world. Our world is stressful. We're like, we got to get in the car. We got to go to school. We got to hurry. We got to, there's time pressures. Why would they ever want to join us when their world is so peaceful and fun and interesting? And so the, I think the fallacy that moms have is like, my kids should enter my world rather than what I'm hearing you say, which is like, what if we entered the child's world? What if I move in and I start playing with the dinosaurs and the whales, and then all of a sudden, this whale decides it wants to fly through the air and into the car seat. And like, what a smoother transition that is, rather than, come on, you got to pay attention to me and on my time pressures. (laughs) and my agenda. Yeah. And that's where I love that because that's you as a mom thinking like a mom, not like a therapist or a doctor or whatever. I know my kid likes whales. I need to get him in the car seat. I'm going to use whales. I'm just going to use my kid's love to get him to do the things I need him to do. Now, I love this way that you talked about it because while it feels like it's a bribe, like, okay, you can have the whale when you get in the car, you have to do it right. Because if you withheld their favorite things in order to do, then you're going to create more of a divide. But this way to use them as a follow me, I'm talking about dinosaurs now. I know you like dinosaurs. There are dinosaurs in the car. Oh, there are? Let's go to the car. Then the kid is more inclined to go there and you can give them. Now, I'm not an advocate for let kids do whatever they want, whenever they want, all of that stuff. That's not helping a parent feel happy and safe either because when they're out of control because their kid is so independent that they're not relying on the mom at all, then that puts the mom again in another sense of they're fearing their kid are going to manipulate them and do all that stuff around. And so what I recommend again is reach and teach. If you see your child starting to work around you or they watch you put the cookies and then you leave the room and they go and take them and those kinds of things, that's again, them separating away from you and being independent in their problem solving and their exploration and all of that stuff. And when you reach into the problems, the explorations, the new things, the feelings, whatever, then this late talker will realize that you're their coach, that you're not going to say, don't do this, stop doing this. You know, I'm going to take this away if you don't. You know, you're not threatening them into you, them moving into your world. Because like I said, we need it. We need these kids to move into our world. If they don't move into our world, they're not going to grow up and be adults and get jobs and, and move on and take care of us someday or whatever. You know what I mean? We need them to grow up to be adults and empowering them to do the things they love wins them over. It wins their trust. And then they'll come over and help you do the things you need them to do. So let me just see if I got this right with the cookie example. Okay. So you're saying like, you know, you put the cookies up high away. You say, no, you leave the room. The child pulls a chair over, reaches up, grabs the cookies. Then you're suggesting that a mom come back and say, no, show the face is sad or disappointed, you know, with expression. Yeah, so now I wouldn't do this. I, what I would do is I would say, uh-oh, somebody didn't understand the contract here. Because remember, when you hide the cookies and say, don't do it, you make a contract, but you didn't get a signature. You didn't get a two-way contract in that situation. You said, this is my world. I want you to live in my world, my rules, no cookies. And Mm -hmm. so what I would do is if cookies are in your world, then you have to connect with this late talker to talk about how do cookies fit in your world and your boundaries. So you say, all right, we have a rule in our house. You get two cookies every day after lunch, one for each hand. You know, every, every day after lunch, we have two cookies. And when we're not having cookies, they go up here on the shelf. 
And right. tomorrow you can have two cookies. Now the child goes and gets the chair and gets the cookies. Now you've got a contract. You can talk to them. Uh oh, I never say no, don't, or stop. I hold those words for emergencies. Okay. Safety reasons. Okay. And so I think what I want, what I want to highlight there is that because you said before that the lights and the whales and the dinosaurs are all making him feel safe. One of the things you said was safe. Obviously it's fun. It's interesting, but it's also safe. And I just wanted to kind of point out like in that situation with the cookies that you reiterating the rules and having a routine around one cookie in each hand after lunch, that's something else that helps kids feel safe. Yes. When there are rules and routines. So if he's looking, going into his world to find safety and predictability, adding predictability to the day is another way for him to pull outside of himself. Right, right. And in this case, I call them contracts because remember, rules are only rules if they're posted on the sign and you can choose to follow rules. But when you get in a contract and you understand the contract, then you've got negotiation power. You see, even the lay talker has negotiation power. So yeah, we have a contract for two a day, but this is my birthday. Can I have three? Yes, we'll make, because you already have a contract established. And it's not just a rule because rules are made to be broken. You know what I mean? And so reminding your child of the rules is just going to make them more frustrated, but explaining their problem. I know you love cookies and you want to eat 20 cookies every day and you want to eat 20 cookies instead of your lunch. But here's the deal. I know, I know you don't get it. I know you don't hear this, but I, as a mom, this is what we got to do. And I promise you tomorrow there will be cookies. You can look forward to them. They'll be here for you. And what you just did is you put words to their feelings. That's right. And so you're reflecting back to them that you get it. Like, I know you want to eat 20 cookies. This is, I can see how badly you want cookies. And so you're putting words on something that they're experiencing on the inside, which helps develop that connection and that trust and helps them want to communicate because it's like, well, she's already halfway there. I just look because you're giving her the, him the words too. Yeah. Well, and that's so it. And, the, and, the, and for, especially for a child who's late talking and they might not know how to request these things. I, but I want more cookies. I don't like this contract. I want, you know, additional blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's when you see the tantrums like raising and raising and raising and raising is there. No, I don't like the rule. I want my rule. That's negotiation. It's all you can talk through all of these issues, moms, as soon as you just do what Tori said, you start reflecting to the child. Wow, you're really upset because you can't have cookies. You might die from starvation if you can't have more cookies. I can see that in your face. And then then it comes to reality, right? You, you spot it out. Here it is in the real world. Is that really true? Is it really true? And then they can make the decision. The child can make the decision because you're just reflecting what they're giving you, but I need it, but I need it, you know? <laughs> so this is what I want to just, cause this is such a common situation that I just kind of want to take this through because what happens is right. That moms will say, you know, no cookies, no cookies, no cookies. And the kids like a behavior starts to escalate louder and louder and more and more like, you don't understand how badly I want the cookies. And so he feels like he has to over-exaggerate the drama in order to, for him to think you understand how badly he wants it. Right. And so what happens a lot of times is that mom's like, fine, here's the cookies. There you go. So then what you've just done is you've taught your child that the more dramatic and loud the temper tantrum gets, the more reinforcement he's going to get, that he has to really escalate the behavior in order to get what he wants, which is not usually what moms want to teach. So I just wanted to kind of like close the circle there. Exactly. That was a perfect And you can see it happens all the time because parents get to the point where they're like, no, 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 no. And that that's why I said, hold that no for emergencies. If it's a not now, not time, not ever, that will take you into discussion with this child about why now is not the right time. <laughs> it's important that we talk about, I know you think it's the right time and I don't. This is something we need to bring out into the discussion or 
you, they won't stop. They'll just keep coming in. And if you can just stay with this, like, I can see how badly you want this. Boy, you really, really want cookies. Wow, you're really willing to like fight. If you can just stay and re- saying the words that you're witnessing his behavior, you're describing his behavior back to him, it's going to get boring eventually. He's going to feel heard. Yeah, and they'll, then they'll, he'll, they'll feel heard. And then you'll see them smile at you. Even when they were yelling at you, you'll see them smile because you see. That's how you know. That's how you know you've reached. They change their behavior. They want to be heard. They want to be understood. Seen, heard, felt. And so that's what you're giving it to him. And then once you've done that, then he's distractible. Then you can right. say, hey, how about this? You can this teach him anything you want. You can teach him anything you want because they trust you. They trust that you are going to listen to them and see things from their perspective. Because when you come with your job and your rules and your stuff and your whatever, that's when you get kids that will over the last year. That's what this mom says. So what could have happened is her child's late talking. Maybe they had a lot of inconsistencies in their world and her child started to isolate into himself to find his own consistencies, right? Remember the rules are the consistencies that you bring to your life to help your kids stay regulated. And then it's easy to see where they struggle. They, or It's harder for him to do this or it's harder for him to do that. It's harder in my world. The parents see it's harder for the kids to use speech to share these feelings. So they see more of these behaviors. And then you just have to understand that every single behavior from light switching to dinosaur obsession is communication. It all means something. And when you as a mom just connect with your child and do what Tori said, verbalize the feelings that you know you're feeling with this late talker, they will pick up the words because it's a lot more fun for this late talker to say, I want a cookie. Oh, I can't have a cookie now. I've got to wait tomorrow to get my cookies. I already had my cookies today. I can wait till tomorrow to get my cookies tomorrow. They kind of have to do that in their head. They're coaching themselves down from there. I got to have them all right? They've got to do that. The only way they're going to do that is if you help them do it over and over and over and coach them through. Yeah. And so let's say, okay, so I like the cookie example. Let's say the the kid is just like, you're, you're in this stalemate, we'll call it around. Like you really want cookies as I really do. And it's kind of fizzling out and you decide, okay, I want to change the subject and I want to connect with my kid And uh, my kid loves flicking the light switches on and off. So how could a mom then transition to like saying, hey, let's flick the light switches on and off or, you know, like getting in, showing the kid that you're interested in his world and trying to connect with them. Like, what would that look like if a mom was wanted to really connect with her kid around light switches? Because it's boring for most adults. (laughs) Yeah. The parallel play goes to the extreme. So it all depends on what the obsession is. You got to kind of do the same thing that the late talker did. I know you might be tempted. See, Tori was even. She took the whale and she's like, I'm going to use the whale to get you to do my thing. And this is where a true reach and teach. You got to do their thing their way using all the senses that they are using so that you can experience the same thing. It's not going to be the same. Nobody experiences anything the same, but the uh, similar. So if your child's obsessed with eating ketchup on rice and they won't eat anything else, but ketchup on rice, you got to taste ketchup on rice to figure out what it is about ketchup on rice that they love. You've got to watch their favorite YouTube channel to figure out what it is about how that guy talks that makes your kid giggle. What is it about the light switches that keeps your kid coming back? Is the light switch in that room different than the other rooms? Is okay, the fan Marcia, in I have that to stop different? You here. I have to stop here because I'm so I'm imagining doing this ketchup on rice, light switches, and YouTube channels, and I'm already bored. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to. You don't want to do. On- Rice. I don't want to watch the YouTube. So, well, it's it's because you're at the same time. If you don't want to, I realize you might not want to. But, but, but I want to say there's clearly a mindset that I need to be in in order to do those things. So, what is that? Because I'm not in it right now. So, what's the mindset I need to get into? So, again, that this mom who is so frustrated that she is missing her child. She's missing him. She's missing him. I don't have 
access to his energy. He's taking his energy away from me. She's missing him. When you want your dog's energy and your dog doesn't want to go, you sit right next to him. You pet him. You just exist in their space. And you have to join them where they are. If your dog, you want to have energy with your dog, you can't run around and say, come on, let's go play Fido. If Fido is a hundred years old and likes to sit on the carpet, you know what I mean? You got to sit on the carpet with Fido. You've got to go in. You have to get over your control of this situation to the point where you are willing to immerse into your child's world. 100%. I don't say you have to do it for a week. You just have to do it until you experience what they experience. And the thing is, the draw. And the motivation, the motivation I would need to conjure up is this desire to connect with my child, that I miss him, that I'm sad that he's pulling away and I want him. Okay, that makes sense to me. Because otherwise, if you don't want to do something, like I don't feel like eating, that's the most disgusting thing in my world. But I love, you remember, you're talking to a a crowd of super moms who would do anything for their kid. They would walk (laughs) through fire for their kid. And and I'm not saying you've got to do it for a week. Yeah, but I think that helps because I think that because so I can imagine a lot of my super moms would come to me and be like, I'm too tired. Like I'm too tired to connect. And so that's, but I like it because I say, you know, there's always like, we have this fallacy in our culture that we're supposed to be happy, like all the time. And I say, no, like every emotion has a purpose. And you just want to see like, is this emotion helping me or hindering me? And so to use sadness and disappointment and loss over your kid pulling his energy away from you. And that is a motivator to actually dive in. Like that is a great example of how a quote quote, unquote negative emotion is actually working for you. So I really like it. Yeah. Well, nobody's going to change primal habits. Okay. If we want to lose weight, if we want to find a boyfriend, if we want to get a job, if we want to change our career, any kind of change, these habits are easy. It's easy to talk about what you feel, but Finding the energy to do it in the moment is what's challenging. And that's what we're talking about here. And that's why I think a lot of people get frustrated with um, life coaching because they're like, I can't, I'm too tired to do these tools. I, I get it. Why you say like, I'm all about tools and I do, I require you to do it. But the reality is the parents who follow me are so sad about the feeling of loss that their kid is not doing something or they are doing things that other people don't think is normal or they should be doing for one reason or another. It doesn't matter if they're not reading. It doesn't matter if they're ADD. It doesn't matter if they're whatever they're doing. They won't pay attention. They won't go to school. They won't make friends. They won't do whatever. It's the mom who's feeling that loss. It's not the child. These kids are happy, Tori, in their own world. They're happy. It's the parents that are sad. About so let me just kind of, because I think, you know, it, to me, that sounds like it works. Now, everybody's different. For you, feeling the sadness and the loss might spiral you downward to the point where you do not feel motivated to take action. That's why I give you tools. That's why I give you and tools. So, and you've yeah. got to really watch your own individual mindset. Because if you're going into futurizing, catastrophizing, if you're going into like, oh my God, I'm failing. I did it wrong. It's my fault. There's a lot of very unhelpful thoughts one could think and some emotions that are not going to give you the result you want. So if the result you want is to help your kid feel safe and trust you enough to vocalize and build the language skills and the, the feeling you want is connection with your kids, then you need to find, and that's what life coaching can help you with, find the one thought or two thoughts that give you that feeling that's going to motivate and inspire you. Like what's going to motivate me to go into his world and eat ketchup on rice and put lights for five minutes. Yeah. And you know what? And the thing is, these parents, I know they're on a program. They want, they want a method. They want a step-by-step process to help them get out of their lack of knowing what to do into knowing what to do. And the thing is with language development, It's not a linear process. It works, skills build on skills. And you don't even know, most parents don't even know how much language their children understand because they are choosing 
like this boy, this four-year-old boy talking less than he used to. It's not because somehow he's forgotten the language. It's not, he hasn't lost skill. He just he's lost just not interest. using it. He's just lost interest. All right. And so that's the difference. When you're feeling my child's doing something or not doing something, and you want that situation to change, you're right. Sadness isn't going to get there. You're already feeling sad. You already see. I don't have to remind parents that their kids are late talking. They experience it every single day. What I remind parents to do is today, you have an opportunity today to do one little thing to facilitate 1% improvement in your situation. Better listening, better connection, better focus. You do have that ability with the strategies that I coach, that Tori coaches, if you take the effort to do it. And you can grab anchors or you can grab life rafts, but that's up to you. People like Tori and I are here to share the resources with you, but it is up to you to pull up and pick what you're going to follow. And I would like to add that all this stuff is all this tuning into your kid, getting into their world. It's easier than you think. It's That's fun. what I would like it's to It's nice. It's nice. This is what you want. It requires a suspension of your to-do list. Yes. It feels hard to a mom who has dishes in the sink <laughs> and a Job Especially superpower moms who do just dishes in the sink is not in your vocabulary. Crumbs on the carpet are not in your vocabulary. You got to think about changing your vocabulary. And so, yeah, it feels hard and overwhelming and like, oh, I don't want to do that because you're in this like go, go, go mode. But it's actually shifting to the right hemisphere of your brain, which is where play resides and connection and peace and no time constraints. And so I know it feels like it's hard to do. Like I was like, I don't want to lay on the floor and look at lights. But once you do it, I think you're going to notice that it's actually quite relaxing. It's not that hard to tune into dinosaurs and put them in order from tallest to shortest. No. And the, and the results you get, you get fast results with this. It happens fast. It depends on how stuck your child is. Now, there are a lot of kids that are really stuck and they have physiological, environmental, or mindset things that keep them really stuck. But it, again, 1% every day. And then what happens is after just a few weeks time, when you're consistent in your effort to make things better for yourself and your child, that's it. Every day, a little bit better. When you're in that mindset, every day, a little bit better. By the time you get through a couple of weeks, you look back and go, man, I did it. I did it. My life is better. My kid is connecting. He is trying more. I see my own effort. And this is what we want to empower you because you are the most powerful when you're on your game and you got to get on your game. Got to get on your game. Absolutely. Great place to yeah transition. So what I wanted to say is for you to tell a little bit more to my super moms, what it is that you offer. Do you, you, you have a YouTube channel, you've got classes, you have a book you mentioned, tell us all you got. So just like Tori, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time, you can join me live on YouTube on the Waves of Communication channel and ask me questions about your late talker. I come every week with a pre, you know, thought up topic where I talk about a certain topic and then I take questions. You can also post questions on any of my videos. And there are more than 500 videos with everything from diagnosis all the way through to ear fluid. What if my child is manipulating me? What if my, all of the things that we talked about, there are videos, videos, videos. It's a whole library full. And then if you really want the step-by-step, the plan, how do you get there, you know, step-by-step, like we talk about, then you want to look at my books. My first book is called, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun. And so 
when you look at that book, you'll learn about the reach and teach strategy and some of those other, the theories behind it. But then after I've worked with more than a hundred people all over the world who are teaching kids bilingually, even to facilitate both languages, and these parents are doing it themselves at home while they're solving problems and brushing their teeth and doing all the other things they've got to do in their life. Their kids are talking and they're using the workbook and the workbook's called the 11 week journey to speech. And you can find all my books on Amazon. And then I have individual coaching and all of that stuff too, if you really need help on top of it. But my platform is all about equipping and empowering parents to be independent language facilitators. So even if your child is going to speech therapy and you've got that going on, this workbook helps you fill in the blanks in between while to do things naturally at home while you're brushing your teeth and riding in the car. You can facilitate more speech on the way to and from your speech therapy appointment in the car than they get from the therapist. So that's how I can help families. Absolutely. I love it. And just kind of that reminder of like, you are not in this alone. You don't have to do it all. There is resources out there. You can have speech therapy, work with them 30 minutes a week, but parents are the biggest teachers. And with this format, with the workbook, the YouTube channels, that you can share that with grandparents, with nannies, with dads, stepmoms, Everybody can find ways to facilitate communication, even big sisters. In this case, seven-year-old sister can learn how to help little brother facilitate. I mean, she might be a great asset to moving into this world and playing with whales. Like she could read him books about whales. Big right? like, sisters are the best. Big sisters are the best. Yeah. She might be an untapped best. resource there that you haven't even thought about. So you doesn't mean you have to do it all yourself, but the people who are with your child the most are going to be the most impactful teachers and those that are really motivated to wanting to have this connection with your child. That's very correct because there's a lot of people. I've got people who have the driver because they live in India and they use a driver to take their kids and their kid's driver is one of their primary language facilitators because he likes how that guy talks. Like he wants to talk like him because he's really attractive to that boy. And that's it. When you reach and teach with your kids, you hook them up with the right teachers to teach them the things that you can't. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Marcy, for coming on the show. I love your perspective. And I think it's a really valuable one for, for Teddy and for any other moms who are having a, experiencing language delay with their kids. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for having me, Tori. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.